podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Greg Lawson, the, what do we call him, psychic detective, are you, Greg? Uh, I've been known as the paranormal detective. Well, that's even more psychic. The paranormal (laughs) detective, Greg Lawson, joins us because he's done a forensic analysis of, believe it or not, the testimony from Roswell. And it's contained in a book called The Roswell After Action Report, which our guest co-host Tim Swartz and myself read. Tim, before we talk about the book with Greg, you guys finished up a book that was started by Tim Beckley before he passed this mortal coil. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. Well, the book is called uh, The Dulce Warriors. This book is based on all of the, what would you call it, Michigash? (laughs) Surrounding the whole idea that there is a secret underground base at Dulce, New Mexico, which is this uh, little town, just really out in the middle of nowhere. Allegedly, this underground base is manned by a combination of humans and aliens, all part of uh, some secret treaty that was cut in the 1950s. And you could bring in Roswell as, as well, because allegedly this, this all started because of some uh, crashed extraterrestrial spaceship at Roswell in 1947. I just have one comment to make here before we get into what led Greg to do this forensic analysis in the Roswell After Action Report. If a flying saucer really crashed in Roswell, why didn't E.T., assuming it is E.T., do something about it? Why would they allow it to happen? Hmm. Well, that's just one of uh, thousands of questions that have been asked around the whole UFO scenario, because I mean, let's not forget that uh, Roswell, if you uh, believe people who have reported on UFOs, that uh, Roswell is not the only location where allegedly crashed UFOs have occurred. Well, that would be another subject for another day. I will tell you, of course, that I don't necessarily believe Aztec to be that particular case for many reasons that I've cited. In any case, Scrick. You've read about the Roswell case for many years. There have been how many hundreds, thousands of articles on the subject, a number of books from Don Schmidt, Tom Carey, and Kevin Randall, and many others. Why did you decide you needed to get involved in that? Because obviously I'm mentally ill in in some form or fashion, I guess, you know. (laughs) He admits it. (laughs) Anybody who decides they're going to actually put on paper their views, opinions about Roswell can expect to be just destroyed by everybody else. Because if you have any uh, dissenting view or another view or a different perspective, as as, uh, Kevin Randall would say, yeah, you can just uh, expect for people to come out of their basements, uh, you know, out of their closets and everything else and just tear you apart. So I, I, I've been interested in spaceships, you know, extraterrestrial stuff since I was, I don't know, five or six years old. Uh, I had a uh, an Air Force pilot live next door to me, and I saw so I was very aware of uh, what he did uh, when I was five. 
And also, we lived in a flight pattern of Bergstrom Air Force Base at the time, which was a, a SAC command and a strategic air command. So there was a lot of uh, aircraft flying around. And I, I would see uh, weather balloons and things like that, which looked very strange late in the day when you have those long sun rays as the sun is setting behind the horizon. I, I was just always interested in it. And I was, I'm kind of a, a Star Trek guy. I kind of grew up with uh, Captain Kirk being my pseudo father for you know an hour a day every day after school and so i just became very interested in it and as i became an adult i remember it i might may have seen the first episode or it might have been a rerun of uh, unsolved mysteries and some other things uh you know back in the uh, late 80s early 90s talking about roswell and so that spurred my interest even more and then in 94, 95, 96, somewhere around there, I read the Roswell report put out by the Air Force, or I read part of it. No one, I don't think, could read that whole thing all the way through 900-something pages, uh, mostly of, um, you know, um, Xerox copies of documents that mostly don't have anything to do with the actual uh, investigation, but look very, very impressive, you know, because you have this huge, huge document that is supposedly supporting your thesis, your hypothesis of what happened out there. And um, my wife had a friend that lived out in uh, Roswell, so we would go up and visit her and we would coordinate it to where I could uh, go to the UFO conference or the, you know, the Roswell conference that they have every year around for the 4th of July. And so I've sat in, you know, military mind control seminars and alien abduction seminars, crash seminars, all these seminars. Uh, and for, I don't know, um, 10, 15 years, something like that, we were going up there and I was, you know, talking with a, a lot of the people you mentioned, Don, Don Schmidt and Tom Carey. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I Travis Walton doesn't have anything to do with the Roswell situation, but uh, Travis and I um, are, are very well acquainted, and, and I consider Travis a beautiful human being. I think he's a great guy, and as well as Don Schmidt, Tom Carey, Kevin Randall, all these guys. Um, and I've read uh, most of what Don Schmidt, Tom Carey uh, have put into print uh, many others I haven't mentioned here, and uh, um, you know I li- uh, read a lot of Kevin Randall's blog, and I, I sat back and I thought, you know, I have a unique uh, skill set, uh, being a, a thirty plus year law enforcement vet, uh, you know, law enforcement person. I'm, I'm currently a, a lieutenant for a, a midnight patrol shift in Central Texas, and I have ten years uh, combined law enforcement. I mean, combined uh, military experience uh, i was a paratrooper in the army for for uh, a total of uh, six years with my reserve time and uh, four years in the navy as an operations specialist doing air detection and tracking um and as a uh, security forces person in the air force uh you can do that you just <laughs> you just uh, re-enlist for somebody else if they'll take you and so um I have a uh, uh, a a different skill set in in many different ways to take a look at something and uh, and and see if I can glean any additional information that other people didn't. Uh, and I, I didn't necessarily do that in this book. I, I I looked at doing this book, and a lot of people kept asking me about doing it because I have a a three foot stack of papers and books and periodicals and everything you know piled on my desk and. 
uh, I felt like, uh, you know, the guy in the X-Files uh, TV show where he's down in his grandmother's basement and uh, he's got pictures of people and pictures of locations and and maps and uh, and all this stuff and a ball of his uh, grandma's yarn and he's you know connecting this person to this location to this object to this situation and it'll drive you insane <laughs> if you okay try so to. now we don't want to get into dealing with someone's grandmother's basement only okay. because my grandmother didn't have a basement <laughs> so therefore I was not able to go down there and learn about UFOs and sad to say she died before I got to become interested in the subject but we'll get on to the journey that Greg Lawson the paranormal detective did for deciding to write yet another book about Roswell and then we'll start looking at that book that Tim Swartz and I have both read and maybe have come to various and sundry conclusions and we'll take it from there to wherever it's going to go. Okay? And hopefully he'll also hang out with us on After the Paracast to complete the interrogation. And by the way, folks, Greg Lawson will hang around and also join us on this weekend's episode of After the Paracast, which is part, of course, of the Paracast Plus at the Paracast dot plus. With Gene and Greg and Tim, you're in The Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Folks, looks like food shortages are here and going to stick around. Supply chains are breaking down and inflation is back with a vengeance. It's all part of the shortage economy. What used to be unthinkable is now in the headlines. Are you ready? Do you currently have a stockpile of emergency food at home? If not, go to MyPatriotSupply.com today, and you'll find an emergency food kit that's right for you and your family. My Patriot Supply is the largest preparedness company in America, serving millions of families like yours. Pick up a three-month food kit that stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. The meals in the kit provide over 2,000 delicious calories a day. That's important when you need to survive. Order from MyPatriotSupply.com and your food will ship fast in unmarked boxes to protect your privacy. Don't wait for permission or more empty store shelves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is mommy's jam. <laughs> then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Tim Schwartz, our guest co-host, used to work with our old friend, the late Tim Beckley. Greg Lawson is here to talk about Roswell, the after-action report. And what framed his entry into writing this book? Greg, go ahead, please. Yeah, my wife kept saying, are you going to write this thing? Are you going to write this thing? I had other people talking to me about it. And I thought, you know what? I just need to do it. I need to do a, a literary review of everybody else's work. It's kind of the way I came about doing it. And so I can honestly say I stood on the shoulders of great men. I stood on the shoulders of Don Schmidt and Tom Carey and Kevin Randall and and uh, Stanton Freeman and many others. Uh, I looked at uh, what they did and then my view of everything else that was going on. And then I just couldn't get past the Roswell report that the Air Force did. I kept going back to that, just going, this is horrible the way that they conducted business. One of the things I want to point out is, is, is me being a, a law enforcement person. Uh, I've worked in a whole bunch of different specialized units within law enforcement. And the one thing that I know in law enforcement and conducting investigations is if you have any interest in the investigation, if you have uh, you know a, a dog in that hunt, you recuse yourself and you allow somebody else to come in here and do this. If, if I have an internal affairs investigation on one of my officers – 
and it is a serious crime, I will notify the Texas Rangers and ask the Texas Rangers to come in and investigate it. We will parallel what we're doing, but they will oversee the credibility of that investigation. So basically, uh, what we've done here is we have told the suspect, who is the Air Force, who is the ones that perpetrated this cover-up, and continue to perpetrate the cover-up, we ask them to investigate themselves and explain their behavior, which makes absolutely no sense. They, they should have brought in a, a quote-unquote Dr. Hynek kind of guy that could have overseen what they did. And so I'm taking a look at the Air Force report again and looking at their transcripts, and their transcripts are edited. They're horrible. They don't explain where they are, who's talking, when they're talking, why they're talking about what they're doing. And I just decide, you know what, I'm going to do a literary review of what people have written about prior to that, put it into an essay form, and then do a forensic analysis of the the Roswell report put out by the Air Force. And so that's what formulated this book. So this book is different than just about any other um, mass published book that I've read on Roswell. And I tried to bring something different because it's really hard, right? I mean, what has not been covered in Roswell by somebody? Everything has been covered, except for a forensic analysis to point out specific things that the Air Force did that Law enforcement, those behaviors and those uh, verbal speech patterns indicate deception. And so that's what I did. I went, went back through and, and took a look at that. And it's, uh, it's pretty stark as far as um, the way that they approached it. Of course, now the, uh, the Air Force's, the Roswell report, really kind of came out late in the game. I mean, there had already been a number of books written and uh, I think that it came out around the time that there was, uh, and you have to correct me if I'm wrong about this, there was some kind of anniversary that was coming up. For the longest time, the Air Force had basically just ignored everything, you know, all the requests, uh, uh, the uh, books that were had been previously written. And then, of course, you had uh, Colonel Corso's uh, a book, which, and then the Roswell, Air Force's Roswell report that came out. It just always seemed odd to me the timing of when it came out, and it did. I mean, you know, the television station I worked at at the time uh, received a copy of it, and it just seemed to me, even though, like you said, it was very long, that it was just kind of like just kind of slapped together and put out as quickly as possible. It absolutely was. And, you know, the funny thing is, is uh, Freedom of Information Act, is as far as that goes, you know, that, that was kind of a new thing. When you're looking at these sorts of things, you know, you, you have plenty of researchers that are trying to get information. The Air Force is not doing anything. Well, they finally convince a, uh, you know, a congressman to do an open records request, and he, he does that. And the funny thing is, is, is Colonel Weaver that was in charge of doing the Roswell report writing the Roswell and putting putting it together uh, he just came out with a book I don't know if you know this uh, it's called backstory Roswell and so he shares what was going on behind the scenes uh, while he was conducting this investigation and uh, also his thoughts behind it and one of the things is funny is uh, so they get this report from a congressman you know and a uh, New Mexico congressman. And this is what Weaver had to say about that. 
Clearly, we had to do better than a snarky but true response in order to answer the congressman's request, however goofy it was. <laughs> that's, that's the guy that's going to be investigating your case. He is not taking you seriously from the absolute beginning. Well, that certainly really colors it right there. That's the road to total objectivity. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's this congressman was basically wasting their time. So they had to hurry up and get this thing done and get it out of there because none of them believed any of it. And so they just wanted to get it off their plate. And it's very obvious in the way that they did their transcripts and who they in, interviewed and the the limits of, of who they interviewed. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's glaringly obvious of what their opinion was and how they were going to wrap this thing. Now, maybe that was that specific member of Congress. It may not be all. Or they may be the sort of people who believe that any member of Congress who asks for anything like this, they are intruding on their space, and the best thing is to just get rid of them. Sure. It's, it's uh, on a, a lot of uh, levels of, of officers in the military like that. They do not want to be questioned, uh, and their arrogance is uh, what carries the day. So uh, I, I spent, like I said, I spent um, um, – quite a few years as an enlisted person. So I can say that about, <laughs> about officers, whether they're Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, or Coast Guard. So not all of them, a bunch of them are great, but there are those guys that, uh, you know, you, you don't question them. Well, the yeah. thing about it, I'm, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, the thing about it is also, uh, you know, the, these people, I mean, more than likely they weren't in the loop if there was any kind of loop that had been established, you know, way back in 1947. By the time, you know, they got involved, any pertinent information had probably long since been buried. Right. Yeah. They did a fantastic job of it. Colonel Blanchard, who was in charge of the Roswell Army Airfield at the time, uh, he was the commanding officer of the 509th Bomb Wing, and uh, his whole handling of it, 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 as you look at it from outside, you think, my God, you know, they're reporting a captured flying saucer, and this guy just goes on leave and takes off? Hey, we're going to take off for a second. Okay. Greg, Gina, and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. 
That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The search for a missing New Hampshire boy not seen in six months, though just reported missing recently. Well, that search has come to a tragic end. Cadaver dog and MSP special emergency response team members located what's presumed to be Elijah Lewis's body buried in the ground. That's Plymouth County, Massachusetts DA Tim Cruz. The boy's mother and her boyfriend have been arrested on child endangerment and witness tampering charges in the case, and those charges may now be upgraded. They stand accused of telling friends to lie about the boy's disappearance. The Atlanta Braves haven't been to the World Series since 1999, but... He's got it to his feet, throw the first, there it is! Atlanta's Braves heading to the Fall Classic, which starts on Tuesday. The Braves beating the Dodgers 4-2 in Game 6 in front of their home crowd. And this is USA Radio News. Former President Obama's been hitting the campaign trail this weekend, stumping for the Democratic governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, in his re-election efforts and in Virginia on behalf of Terry McAuliffe, who's running for governor there. The former president using that Saturday appearance in Jersey to also remind folks about his feelings on vaccines and masking. The science says it's the right thing to do. You do it because you're not just protecting yourself, but people you love, people who are vulnerable. A series of gusty rainstorms lined up and expected to affect Northern California for the next several days. In college football, it was the longest game in NCAA history, if you consider number of overtimes. Illinois defeating number 7 Penn State on the road in a nine-overtime shocker. It took 60 minutes regulation, two normal OT periods, then seven exchanges of two-point conversion attempts for Illinois to end up winning 20-18. to This is USA Radio News. Oh, whale! Guys, whale! Wow, whale. Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay. Whale, whale, whale! Oh no, whale! Tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. At least it wasn't a shark, am I right? (laughs) Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Angie's list is now Angie, and getting your to-do list done just got easier. Between back to school and with the holidays around the corner, it can feel like there's no time to tackle home projects. Whether you need help with emergency repairs or major upgrades, Angie matches you with top local pros who can get the job done right. Browse reviews, see upfront pricing, and instantly book hundreds of projects. Save time for what matters most. Book your next project at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. I don't know if we can call that imitation almost wanting to be like Bella Lugosi. <laughs> Tim Swartz, our guest co-host, man of 25 voices. I can't say man of a thousand voices because that was Mel Blank. In any case, Greg Lawson talking about the Roswell after-action report and the early investigation about Colonel Blanchard. But before we go that route, I want to look at something you looked at somewhat in the book, but it tends to disturb me more as I think about it. 
Basically, the conventional wisdom, Greg has it, that the original story, the original press release before it became a weather balloon, was the accurate one about the capture of a flying disc. You would take that as acceptable? Yes, and an interesting thing is, is that is not what the Air Force released as a press release. That is what the Roswell, you know, newspaper changed it into. The original press release said nothing about the flying disc being damaged. That's right. They said that, that they had uh, recovered a flying disc, which to me. Uh, unless Blanchard was just completely hands off with press releases, and I don't believe it at that time in 1947, much of what chain of command did was micromanaging. Like nothing gets past me. I am the the captain of this ship, and it's all my responsibility. Nothing gets past this desk that I don't have to answer for. So, I firmly believe that Blanchard looked at that press release before it went out. And it said, you know, recovered a flying disc. That indicates to me that there was an intact whole flying disc of whatever they thought that that was, as opposed to just a bunch of debris. Because you would have said, you know, we, we recovered debris of a flying disc. But they didn't say that. It says we recovered a flying disc. And then once the Roswell Daily Record gets a hold of it, they change it to Air Force captures you know, the Army airfield, they capture a flying saucer. So the newspaper men are the ones that really, <laughs> you know, put it out there that, that this was something super, super special. But wouldn't that even imply there that maybe what was originally captured was a test aircraft and they had to bury that? Sure. It could have been mogul. It wasn't a weather balloon. I know that. I just, there's no doubt that that was not a weather balloon. It could have been the mogul balloon. It doesn't really uh, make a lot of sense uh, the way the Air Force formulates their argument for mogul having only one crash site, but we'll digress. And <laughs> so there's no sense in, in arguing that because we can't prove it. And it could have been, like you said, some other sort of, of craft that we created that crashed out there. It could have been uh, an extraterrestrial craft that came in at high speed, impacted the ground, and skipped off the ground like a stone off water, and went another few miles toward Corona, and that, that leads into the Stan Freeman crash at Corona idea. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of hypothesis, a lot of theory of what could have happened. Okay, looking at this here, if it's an intact flying disc of some sort, and you can call it flying saucer, whatever you want to call it. How much would this thing weigh, and what would they have to do to lift it into a truck or whatever in order to transport? There's so many yeah, they, logistics involved. Right, and, and if, if there are four occupants, and those occupants are the size of a uh, you know, human 12-year-old or 10-year-old, how much space is that going to take up? You know, what, was this a... Uh, a craft that was launched from a mothership that was in orbit, and they just came down to take a look around. What we did in the uh, with the uh, the moon in the early '60s, 
we sent craft out there and then dropped things on the moon. The Russians did it also to 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 measure the impact uh, of what was going on down there. So who's to say that, you know, extraterrestrials aren't doing that to the Earth now? And that's uh, some of the craft that we see now or shooting stars or whatever. It could be, you know, like what Hynek was looking at as far as these what some people would call shooting stars, but they, you know, they, they continue at a, uh, a certain speed, a certain tra- trajectory and continue past the, the horizon. It's like, okay, it's not behaving the way that I would expect a meteor to behave. Uh, so who, who's to say that extraterrestrials aren't doing that, trying to measure our atmosphere and figure out, you know, what's the safest way that they're going to be able to uh, descend and, and operate in our atmosphere? Who knows? Well, that only assumes it's only recent, as of 1947, that they came here to do that, rather than maybe they've been here for quite a while. What about World War II? What about earlier? One would assume that perhaps they were already familiar with what's involved in a landing approach on planet Earth. And if they're advanced enough to come here from another star system, they could have done a lot of surveillance before they sent any of these craft over to explore. Right. I like the idea of, you know, there was a storm and the spaceship came and, uh, you know, lightning strike or something brought the spaceship down. And I'm thinking, wow, you guys traveled, you know, light years across space through all this debris and then got here and got struck by lightning. Really? <laughs> That's the, what luck is that? <laughs> I don't so, believe that. I would believe no, I don't either. more that if it crash landed or whatever, and it was a spaceship and there's a lot of ifs there, folks. That what would have happened, we'll get into more of your exploration in a moment, but what would have happened here is that, like on Earth, they're assembled by the lowest bidder. They've got (laughs) politics. We don't know that the morality of E.T. is any different than ours, even more advanced. And that one of them just broke. They had a problem. They had to make a crash landing. But then again, it would have to have been a pretty severe crash landing to have, number one, injured the occupants or the craft itself so it couldn't just take off again. Yeah. Who's to say it's not two rich aliens that are competing to try to get here? You know, it could be a parallel universe and uh, Bezos and, uh, you know, whoever else is uh, just throwing money at this thing, trying to get uh, some aliens. Hey, let's get some aliens to Earth. That's what we want to do. And their equivalent (laughs) of William Shatner. Hey, but let's just look at this again. So let's go back to the details of the original report, the original story, and how the flying disc became a flying saucer because probably somebody at the newspaper thought that sounded cool. And then from that became a weather balloon. Let's look at that transition and how you interpreted the stories. Yeah, so um, when, when I looked at all these other books and they had a lot of contemporary interviews you know uh, hundreds of people coming forward and saying they had something to do or had viewed something that had to do with the roswell event i decided to go back and let's just take a look at the real people who had something directly to do there was probably other people that you know had some sort of direct involvement but let's look at the the main players of this and when you look at them and they do the press release, I don't know where in the world, uh, why they would say that they recovered a flying disc, because that would cause everybody to look there. 
And it's like, oh, what's going on out there? They they just reported that they, uh, you know, recovered a flying disc, not that they captured a flying saucer. But anyway, that that would cause attention. And then you have General Ramey on the other side and uh, probably General McMullen uh, saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to change this. We need to bury this. We need to make it go away because you guys just caused attention to yourself. So they have uh, Marcel to fly the material that he recovered at the Foster Ranch out to Fort Worth Army Airfield, which is now Carswell Air Force Base. And they do a press release. There's a, uh, a little bit of controversy on uh, how that press release was done. And uh, according to Marcel, the material that he brought for Ramey to look at was not the material that is in the, the photos uh, for the press release, which would make sense if you have something secret. You're going to want to hide it and, and you know, release it out of there. Greg, Gene, yeah. Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. 
Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nanocolloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Greg Lawson, let's put together the decisions that were being considered when the original Roswell episode happened. Greg? You know, once uh, they decide to move that material to Carswell, they are in the in the process of covering up what's going on so jesse according to just marcel they swap material which would make sense if they had secret material they would want to swap it so they swap it for the balloon material there's some other controversy as far as uh what marcel said while he was there and what irving newton the weather officer that was brought in to identify the balloon and he identifies it as a weather balloon which, of course, what he saw, that's what it was. And so it, it just makes you wonder back and forth as far as who was in charge. The, the real telltale sign of the whole thing, though, is Blanchard. Blanchard was in charge of the 509th. He's there. He's in charge of the Roswell Army Airfield. This happens. He releases this press release and then goes on leave, disappears, And you would think if this guy was working for me, if I was a general and this is his behavior, he releases this ridiculous report and then just disappears. He's not getting a command. I'm going to probably send him to Antarctica or something. (laughs) But you know what? When you tell me this, I'm thinking he didn't regard it as anything significant. That's why he did that. That's right. And you could uh, you could interpret it that. Absolutely. And that's what uh, Sheridan Cavett said. He goes, this was a non-event. That's why a report wasn't written. Well, they've lied to us so much. It's like, really, was there a report written or was there not? There's so many inconsistencies on what happened. You know, you, you have an incident that happened. You send your intelligence officer out there coupled by a counterintelligence officer. So right there tells me you guys are going to try to make up a story to cover this over because that's what counterintelligence does. Uh, They try to confuse what's going on and make it look like it's not important. So immediately 
that's what they do. So that follows that line of logic. It's like everybody shrugs their shoulders. Nobody write a report. Commander disappears. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is, is looking at it from the outside, you're thinking, this is a completely incompetent uh, operation that just happened. Yet, Colonel Blanchard becomes one of the most powerful men in the United States as, uh, you know, assistant joint chief of staff. His career rockets after Roswell. It, it, I mean, he's a four-star general. He ends up dying at the Pentagon of a massive heart attack. But how do you get to the Pentagon as an assistant uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff member? You have to do everything, everything in your career correctly. And uh, so whatever he did at Roswell was phenomenal, and they rewarded him for that. It does seem curious, but I, I think that uh, what a lot of people fail to realize is that the whole flying saucer thing was so brand new at that time. I mean, you know, considering the timeline of when whatever this was allegedly came down over New Mexico, I mean, it had just really been a couple of weeks earlier that Kenneth Arnold had his first sighting near Mount Rainier. So, you know, I could see almost why if, you know, uh, they did capture something capture here you'll find something there you know right. at roswell where it would be treated kind of you know I, you know I don't want to always say the word nonchalantly but you know without the i suppose the gravitas that uh, would happen now if something you know came down close to uh, uh you know a, a populated you know town close to an air force base that had atomic weapons Absolutely. No, I, I, I completely agree. And, and I can see many different sides to why this uh, evolved into what it evolved into. And, and you look at uh, Kenneth Arnold, you mentioned Kenneth Arnold. Uh, you look at his case also, it's the same thing. The, the, uh, the newspaper turned it into something else. He, you know, he had these like kind of crescent shaped uh, objects that he described, and all of a sudden they're flying saucers. They're shaped like saucers uh, skipping across the water. That's what he said, but then they turned it into a flying saucer instead of, you know, it was his description of their behavior, not of the actual craft. And so many people uh, attribute the word flying saucer spaceship to the Kenneth Arnold that, you know, that's one of the first places that you actually see people talking about it. But once again, just like last year with all of the riots and all that stuff, the media plays into so much of this and formulates our opinions. They're so strong in, in how that they uh, influence uh, people that are just taking things for face value and not really looking into them. So they have a lot of uh, power that way. So what about the discrepancies between you have the report that said that they had found a flying disc and then the later stories that came out from um, Mac Brazel, you know, who said that, you know, he found a debris field and right. it's and, you know, for 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 quite a while, that's what the Roswell crash was. It was this. this debris field but and i always like to go back to the original sources you know original source says you know an intact 
uh, craft was found. Right. Or, you know, are, are, are we dealing with, uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah, both things were found. Yeah. And, you know, Jesse Marcel, you can uh, uh, attribute him to this entire thing. Uh, he's an intelligence officer, was a major in the uh, uh, Army Air Corps. Uh, and you, you look at him, he was the one that was sent out, and he never said uh, that they recovered a craft. He didn't say that. But uh, the press release put out by Walter Hott and uh, approved, uh, per- presumably approved by uh, Colonel Blanchard, you know, said that they had recovered the flying disc. So there's discrepancy from the very beginning between the person that was boots on the ground, you know, picking the stuff up to the uh, um, the supervising officer that, that did the press release. So immediately, within hours, there was discrepancies, uh, which is, it's, is a little bit disturbing. And once again, you could attribute that to a shoulder shrug. This is nothing. Let's just move on. And, oh, my God, it blows up. We got to shut this thing down. Uh, the super, you know, his superiors take over, shut it down. This is nothing but a weather balloon. And don't talk about it anymore. Um, you know, the, the worst thing you can do about a controversy is continue talking about it. Just ignore it. And, you know, it'll go away for at least 32 years. And then there'll be a Stan <laughs> Freeman that comes up and goes, hey, man, you know, we left off in this conversation. You guys just kind of blew us off. What's going on? You know. So. It is kind of amazing the amount of time that went from, you know, the, you know, the initial uh, reports in the newspaper and which, which got picked up and carried by, you know, uh, some other papers across the country. And then that was it. And then, like you said, it was like 1979, Stanton Friedman is like, hey, what happened here? Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a couple of uh, very obscure articles in some uh, uh, defunct uh, periodical magazines that refer to uh, some of this very, very briefly in, in you know, uh, unrelated articles. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it was uh, it was completely uh, buried until, you know, uh, a congressman comes in and does a uh, freedom of information request. Uh, and that was a funny thing, you know, when when they were uh, when the Air Force in- investigators were talking to uh, Colonel Trakowski, um, they said, what we're trying to do is to make sure that we are open with the general accounting office who was uh, overseeing the collection of this data, right? That they were going to, okay, uh, once again, you know, like Yoda, uh, do or not do. There is no try, my friends. <laughs> you know, either be open or, you know, don't. And uh, and those are the little things that when when a uh, an interrogator or a interviewer or a cross examiner sits and listens to a victim or suspect or witness story, and they're trying to glean information out of it so that they have uh, good intel to ask further questions. You look for little things like that, and and for for a lot of people. That's not important, but I know subconsciously we use our verbiage in a way that will reveal what our true intent is. So when we say clear, you know, when they're saying what we're trying to do is to be honest, well, how about just be honest? (laughs) You don't need to say you're trying to be honest. 
The book is Roswell, The After Action Report. Greg Lawson, Gene, and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com, or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Let's try to be honest, but also look at the fact that we have, what, 31 years from the time the story appeared and more or less disappeared till it comes out again through the efforts of Stanton Friedman. The changes... In society, pop culture, the Beatles, everything that's happened, sci-fi, Star Trek, from 1947 to the late 1970s, any testimony from anyone, however honest, is going to be really, really tainted at this point. I agree. Yep. There's so many things that uh, that are adding into that, especially uh if this has uh, reared its ugly head and then people start looking at it, uh, they'll start drawing parallels to many different things. You know, there, there was a ton of literature that was put out. As you mentioned before, there's a lot of books. Why in the world would Greg Lawson want to come in and write another book uh, and be destroyed in the media by uh, saying, oh, you don't know what the hell you're talking about? Uh, I sit and, and look at it, and uh, especially from the forensic uh, statement analysis side of it, 
uh, when they were interviewing, for instance, they were interviewing Professor Moore, and it goes right along with what you're you're suggesting as far as this influence. Um, they say to Professor Moore, who was one of the uh, uh, the scientists that was doing the mogul balloons, uh, he says, uh, you're familiar with the popular literature about various crash sites. There's one crash site, two crash sites, three crash sites, and all that craziness. <laughs> right there, uh, that is a technique that an interviewer or a cross-examiner will use uh, to uh, manipulate your answer. Because if you answer other than what he is going to espouse – it will make you look like you're crazy as well. So he calls these people's beliefs or these people's uh, opinions or their research craziness. This is a statement technique that uh, uh, puts the witness, in this case, uh, Professor Moore, into a position of intimidation by making him feel foolish if he disagrees. So, you know, these are the techniques that the Air Force was using on their witnesses. It's, it's amazing you read whatever they put in the transcripts because they didn't do the the transcripts fully, but you read what they put in the transcripts and there will be a bomb dropped by the witness and they never follow up a question about it. When, when they, they were interviewing um, uh, Sheridan Cavett, his wife was there in the interview. And so they're talking about the memory metal. And he doesn't remember anything about that. And his wife pops in and says, well, you remember uh, Jesse was over here for a barbecue and he took a piece of that stuff and stuck it in the fire and it wouldn't catch on fire. Hmm. And the Air Force investigator just glazes over that and just keeps along his line of questioning. Never even addresses the fact that Jesse Marcel months later is walking around with a piece of you know, whatever this material is in his pocket and pulls it out at a barbecue and sticks it in. I mean, it was just insane. I'm sitting there reading this, just going, what were these Air Force people doing? It, it, it can't be through incompetence. It has to be through design. They had to have just had a focus on the target of what they wanted to say and were not going to be detracted at all, distracted at all uh, from that. And we're going to go straight there. Well, my question is, um, how would they even <laughs> have this information? Because one of the things that uh, Congressman Schiff, his office, was told was that uh, records from that time period uh, at the uh, uh, Roswell Army Air Force Base, uh, Army Air Base, from what was it, 1945 to 1950? Oh, it's gone. It is destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How convenient. Yeah, it, it was it was uh, shut down. The base was shut down and uh, whatever the re records were were shipped off or if they weren't important, they uh, obviously were destroyed in some way or or got lost. Um, people think it's kind of ridiculous that these things could get lost uh, because there's so many um, steps. There's so many practices and policies and procedures in place to uh you know, to track this stuff and to save this stuff that it just disappears. But I do know after working in the government for almost 40 years um, that that does happen. Uh, this stuff does just get misfiled or misplaced and, 
you know, it was supposed to be filed in, uh, you know, uh, Freedom of Information Act. So let's go ahead and put it in uh, F, F file. But somebody comes along and looks at it and goes, well, that's really actually Intel. So let's put it in Intel. <laughs> and it's gone. And you try to find it. It's, I have no clue of where it is. Uh, so. so we're talking here about bureaucracy. Oh, my God. <laughs> massive, thick bureaucracy. So is massive, thick bureaucracy a reason why these records all get screwed up? Not so much deliberate secrecy? I, I think most of the time in those cases, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of incompetency. But it's also when you have uh, people that are indoctrinated and grow up in that environment, you know, you go in as a very low-level um, person, either enlist, enlisted or, or officer, and you're indoctrinated in a, a certain way to do things, a bureaucratic way to do things, um, it causes real problems. When I was in the Navy, I was uh, temporarily assigned duty as a master at arms because they had found out that I had been a police officer prior to my Navy service. Uh, so um, the master at arms, which is like the security forces for, for a Navy ship, uh, or base, uh, they take uh, temporary assigned duty people to do menial tasks for the security stuff. Uh, I get sent over there, and um, because of my level, I, I did some investigations there, and it's amazing. You know, like when I when I was there, I had to do an investigation. If I took a a uh, if I if I interviewed you as a witness to a crime, I would have to write one. Uh, my interpretation of what you said, okay, so, uh, you know, Gene said this, 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 and then I have to write your statement in first person, and then I have to write a third um, report of an overview of what everybody did. So I'm, I'm doing things three times. Uh, it was absolutely maddening, but that's the way it's done uh, and uh, it's much more about case management than it is about gleaning new information and solving a crime. You want you want your packet to look perfect. Uh, the outcome is in, 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 insignificant. So I gather then that whatever it was that happened at Roswell, once it all left that area. That was it. I mean, you know, the the, the people, the people at the uh, um, at the base there. I mean, they they washed their hands. It's somebody else's problem now. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and it was the same thing with uh, when they did uh, when uh, the congressman did his request for information was let's get this thing wrapped up. And I and I I. Uh, I would like to uh, hypothesize uh, if you were in charge of 20 investigators uh, and those investigators uh, jobs are to do uh, investigations of treason and of espionage and of uh, of uh, top secret security clearance violations and those sorts of things. And then a congressman comes out and says, hey, I want to know about this flying saucer from 1947, and you think it's a goofy request. Are you going to send your best investigator over there to spend this time to investigate this, or are you going to send somebody over there that's just going to kind of go through the steps or whatever? 
You know, it, it's it's about personnel assignment. It's about your intent on whether you believe this happened, whether it's important or not. You know, this wasn't a murder. This wasn't uh, treason. It wasn't, you know, state secrets. With Greg Jean and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. What better gift to give your loved ones than the gift of good health? And where better to buy those good health gifts than sunny-bay.com? Hey, it's great that you're hearing this message now because buying your holiday gifts from Sunny Bay early will save you money. And that's just one reason why Sunny Bay is in business and has been for over 15 years, helping you with fashionable and useful products for better health. See our unique and quality-made travel pillows or our unique neck and body wraps that help immediate pain relief and deep muscle relaxation. Come in a wide variety of uses. Apply hot or cold therapy and are all made in the U.S. See our great selection, affordable prices, and wonderful health products at sunny-bay.com. And remember, order early when our stock is high and shipping is fast. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. And happy holidays from Sunny Bay. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800 475 800-475-0092. 800-475-0092. That's 800-475-0092. 
Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Greg Lawson wasn't about state secrets. Then again, if this all involved the landing, the crash of an interstellar spaceship, wouldn't that intrude on state secret territory? Absolutely. But these guys that were assigned this task in, in the early 1990s did not believe that. In my opinion, they absolutely thought that this was a complete waste of time. And I, and I say that because some of the uh, YouTube videos that you can go and watch, some of these officers give press releases on, you know, discussing their Roswell report, give what's called gratification smiles. Hmm. So after a, a very clever person or a person that thinks they're very clever spins a wonderful yarn, they will sit back, relax, and give a little smile. You can look at this, uh, uh, and, and, it, and it will be an inappropriate smile. And what I mean by that is go to YouTube and look up uh, President Clinton's denial of Monica Lewinsky, right? The press release where he's standing up there pointing at the camera saying, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. You know, I need to get back to doing the work of the people. He's very straight in all business, and he steps back from the podium, and he starts to turn, and he can't help himself. Little smile as he walks away. And that behavior is a proven behavior. This isn't some conjecture that maybe sometimes people do this. No, this is proven, and you can see it time and time again in criminal investigations where murderers, sociopaths, rapists, all that stuff will do this. They will tell their story, and it sounds so convincing to themselves that they're just very pleased about it. And this little smile will come out, and they can't even help themselves from doing it because we're charging you with murder. I don't think there's any time in that engagement that you would need to smile. That tells me a whole lot about what was going on behind the Air Force's intent on just wrapping this thing up with a bow and uh, going down the road. So the people who did it didn't believe anything serious had really occurred. If something did, if it was a spaceship, that was at a different level of authority completely. You would think... I don't believe that the gentleman that did this investigation, one of two things happened. I don't believe they believed it was an extraterrestrial craft, or I believe that they were told this is above your pay grade. You need to make this go away, find a way to concoct a, uh, a plausible explanation and make it go away. Mogul is a very plausible explanation that would explain a ton of things. In me as an investigator, whenever I do, let's say, a paranormal investigation, 
let's stick on the UFO topic. I get called in to somebody who says that they they get abducted on a re- regular basis and they uh, experience things on the spaceship. They see things at their house. Time stops. They see alien craft and and uh, these lights and all this stuff. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna conduct you know the who, what, when, where, why, and how inquiry, and then I'm gonna go into a kind of a cross examination a little bit of, as far as anything that contradicts itself. Uh, and then we're going to talk about that person's history as far as mental health history, physical history, and that sort of thing. And if it goes to that point, we need to go ahead and, and get some MRI stuff done to make sure that this person does not have any kind of anomalies, let's say uh, scars on the brain that may induce some sort of epileptic type seizure because sometimes that has a lot to do with lights and things like that that they can experience. So you eliminate the normal stuff first, then you go to ET. So you would naturally look at this event and say it's probably a crashed terrestrial vehicle that we, you know, like like you suggested earlier, as far as some sort of experimental aircraft, that would make sense. Some sort of spy balloon that had a bunch of, uh, you know, equipment attached to it and would spread out over, you know, 600 feet of area. That would make sense. So that was uh, the entire intent of the investigation conducted by the Air Force was to point toward Mogul and decide this is what it is. It wasn't to go in and glean new information to uh, solve a mystery. It was not. And you can look at uh, the way that they conducted business, and it was not an investigation. It was a review of the Mogul Project and how it caused the Roswell incident. Now, supposedly people like Kevin Randall could look at the history of Mogul and confirm there was no way that it would have been that particular object. So how come right. the Air Force couldn't figure that out? Assuming that's correct. Well, it doesn't matter for the Air Force. They'll they'll tell you what it is, and you just got to deal with it. <laughs> you know, you, that, like I said, watch some of those videos that they have of their press release. You know, it, when he said, you know, clearly we had to do better than a snarky but true response. Well, they were snarky <laughs> on their uh, their press release. Uh, they did uh, gratification smiles on their press release. You know, when, when they say we're trying to make sure that we're open. No, you're not. You're you're covering up certain things. I don't know what you're covering up, but you are. It doesn't make much sense because everything from that era should have been declassed by then. We, we should be able to talk completely freely about that. The Soviets knew we were listening to them, so it wasn't that big of a, a secret. The secret was the mission, not necessarily the material they said as far as mobile goes. So, you know, what are we talking about? You, you have uh, General DeBose, who was a colonel at the time, later basically a deathbed confession, a, a confession, a statement that he made on a video uh, several months prior to him dying. He admitted it was a cover story, the weather balloon part. And, you know, that, that's all we were to talk about and nothing else and just forget it. So and, they wouldn't uh, even been involved or presented with what the real story is, this is the story they they had to live with. So when you look at any recording of what they said, do you see deception? 
So, yes, there are cues of deception. So there, there's body language, uh, there's body language. There are, uh, you know, certain ways that they uh, say things. They formulate their sentences very carefully to where they're not uh, inferring other things, which I completely agree because, you know, I, hey, we uh, recovered a flying disc. You know, they said that that should be okay. Well, they put it out on the in the news that uh, they've captured a flying saucer. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I, I wouldn't want the Air Force's job in conducting this investigation because, honestly, no matter what they came up with, people were going to complain. Somebody's going to come in and say that they didn't do a good job. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. So her book is called Roswell, the after action report. Could it be the last word on Roswell where our guest, Greg Lawson, does a forensic examination of much of the evidence, the testimony, to see where it leads us, if it leads us anywhere. And I'll be hanging around, by the way, for this weekend's episode of After the Paracast. More to come with Greg, Gene, Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin, and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com. Keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The investigation continues into a fatal shooting on the set of a Hollywood movie in New Mexico a few days ago. Alec Baldwin, the actor who stars in Rust and is also producing the film, pulling the trigger that left the cinematographer dead and the movie's director seriously injured, though he has been released from a hospital and they have released some 911 audio from the calls made right after the incident. We need an ambulance out of we know who Houston's Astros will face in the series. They are celebrating on the field. They have dethroned the 106-win Dodgers. And for the first time since 1999, the Atlanta Braves are going to the Fall Classic. That thanks to Major League Baseball, and this is USA Radio News. 
You may have heard Facebook is reportedly going to be changing its name and rebranding itself. And word is it could make the announcement as early as this upcoming week. The new name reported to be a closely guarded secret within the company and it will reflect Facebook's growing focus on creating what it calls virtual metaverse experiences. Experts say the new name could help Facebook as it attempts to broaden its business and repair its reputation after concerns about how it treats privacy issues and young people who use its Instagram. Instagram app in particular. The search for a missing New Hampshire boy appears to have come to a tragic end as authorities have just announced they believe they have found the remains of a five-year-old Elijah Lewis. They've been searching for over a week, even though he was actually last seen six months ago. His mother and her boyfriend have been arrested on child endangerment and witness tampering charges. Those charges are likely to be upgraded now that the boy's remains have been found. And this is USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses. Your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. Okay, so we can dismiss that based on what you see. But looking at the testimony now of the people who say they witnessed something, how many of those piece of testimony do we have a video record of so you could look at body language or an audio record? Right. Hardly any. Uh, You look at DeBose in his interview. Obviously, he's just an old man uh, being honest. He's just telling his story about it. And this is what happened. And you just have to deal with it. And the funny thing about that is, is you have the Roswell report put out by the Air Force. It's almost a thousand pages long and not once. Do they mention this video? Not once do they mention DuBose's responsibility and his part in the press release. Not once. Now, in uh, a couple of the interviews, other people mention his name. But once again, the investigators are not detracted by that. They're not distracted. They just charge right through the DuBose name and just keep along their line of questioning and don't get distracted. And that's the funny thing about when you look at this investigation is these Air Force men are never derailed. You know, they're asking some questions, some answers come back that would pose additional questions, but they never formulate additional questions. They will often formulate an additional statement 
to even answer the witness's question. I mean, it's overt. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I'm sitting there looking at this going, wow, these guys knew intuitively exactly what happened, and they're not going to get distracted by it one bit. So either great intuition or they were told this is what it is and this is what you're going to formulate your decision based on. Right, uh, but I'm talking about the testimony in general. Yeah. From others. Yeah, you, How can you evaluate what the witnesses to Roswell right. said if you have very few audio records and even fewer video records? Well, you can't. And that's where, you know, when I came in to do this book, my forensic analysis is based on a lot of other persons' literary, um, the things that they actually published. And then the transcripts and statements that were actually that actually came out of the Roswell report by the Air Force. And so there's some hoaxers out there that did some videos and you can you can look and and see some cues of deception. These investigators have wasted so much of their precious time on people that have taken them down rabbit trails that led nowhere. Um, I always give the example of here in Austin, they had a uh, the yogurt shop murders. Someone came in and killed four teenage girls and burned down the yogurt shop that they worked in. And, and uh, when they conducted their investigation uh, over the next few years, over 40 people came forward and admitted to doing it. How crazy, how sick, how twisted up do you have to be to go and admit that you killed four teenage girls and burned their bodies in a yogurt shop? That's insane, right? Why would people do that? Well, why would hundreds of people come forward and say that they saw a crashed spaceship, four aliens, uh, you know, a, an alien autopsy, you know, a truck being transported that had a spaceship on the back of it, all kinds of things. I can't answer, you know, psychopathy when somebody just wants to be a part of some incident and they're going to just formulate a story so that their name can go in with it. But on the other hand, if you look like at a criminal episode and you're trying to indict a suspect for a crime, you need just a, a few pieces of key evidence uh, to convince a jury beyond a reasonable doubt this person did this. Right, um, but you still have the evidence of the crime. You have the dead body. Right. You have the missing items. Right. You have the list of missing items. There's other evidence other than testimony. Testimony right. may be only a small part of it. Here, all we have is testimony because we don't have the spaceship. We exactly. don't really know where it is if it exists. We yep. don't. We can just speculate. We can look yep. at what people said. We just have what people say they saw. That's it. And that's why I've, I've had, uh, I had a, a conversation with Don Schmidt years ago, and uh, we're talking about the difference between probable cause, reasonable suspicion, and, uh, you know, consequences to whatever happens. And, and for, for probable cause and for beyond a reasonable doubt for a criminal case, I don't think we can make the criminal case of the fact that. You know, there's a spaceship that crashed at Roswell. We could make a civil case because that's based on preponderance of the evidence. So uh, criminal case, put people in jail. Civil case, just get you money or, or concessions or something like that. So um, if they looked at this case, if a judge looked at this case uh, as a civil case, 
uh, it needs to be somewhere around, you know, 50% or so convinced that something happened. Well, if you have 700 citizens come forward and say, I don't have the spaceship, I don't have any physical evidence, I don't have any video evidence, nothing, but I saw it, you would have to rule in their favor. You would have to rule based on a preponderance of the evidence and that evidence being eyewitness testimonial evidence that this incident occurred. Well, so, you can certainly say something happened. Yes. They saw something yeah. physical. There are a yeah. zillion different descriptions. At the end of the day, you don't know what it was. No. Nope. All you know is they saw it, but you also know that their testimony is severely compromised by the time the interval during which so many things happen in the UFO field, in sci-fi, in Star Trek, all the things that happen around them that influenced how they'd remember it. And how do we go back to the original? How do we trace back to the original event without this coloration? Uh, you can't. And, you know, the, most of the event, 99% of that event happened and disappeared into a hole in the sky to never be recovered. It happened. Uh, Jesse Marcel got there. A little bit happened. You know, Brazel prior to that walked out there and found some stuff uh, that happened. And but everything else leading up to it and after and around it just disappears. Right. Um, you know, you look at depending on who's uh, who's research you're, you're reading, whether there's 300 people interviewed, 700, 1,000, whatever, uh, only about 30 of them um, actually would espouse that they saw the debris. Uh, and, and fewer than that talk about the memory metal and all that. Um, and what you're talking about is memory transfer and malleability. So I have an example of uh, – I, I used to hang out with this friend of mine in high school who had a red car, red car. In my head, red car. I can see the red car right now. 30 years later, I go back. We're talking about uh, the red car, and they're like, no, it wasn't red. It was blue. I'm like, no, it was red. And then they show me a picture of this blue car. In my mind, we rode around in a red car in high school. And it was not. It was a blue car. So I've experienced some malleability in my own recall memory. Uh, so I kind of understand that. Uh, the time compression, everybody experiences that. You know, you think it was only a couple of years ago. No, it was 15 years ago. It's like, what? That's crazy. I can't believe how long ago it was. So there are these um, psychological things uh, that affect the way that we remember and recall that stuff. It's, you know, the, referred to as a Roswellian syndrome. It's, uh, you know, the incident happens, the debunking happens, the submergence of the information, the uh, mythological uh, creativity of what happened, the reemergence of the information, and the media bandwagon uh, gets a hold of it, and all that stuff gets thrown everywhere and people are all listening to it and going, yeah, I think I was there at that time. And I remember this truck that drove through that had a tarp on the back of it kind of was shaped like a spaceship under there. I'll tell you what, what this is shaped by. We'll never know. Greg, <laughs> Gene, so. Tim, you're in. The Paracast. You 
are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is an important message. Do you have an IRA, 401k, or retirement account worth more than $100,000? Your portfolio may qualify for an IRS tax loophole that allows you to own physical, precious metals inside of your retirement account. Want our free report that shows you how? We are WealthProtectionResearch.com, and we help investors connect with the top precious metal companies in America to own physical gold and silver inside their retirement account using this little-known but very powerful IRS loophole. To claim your free IRS loophole report today, just text the word GOLD to 48542. WealthProtectionResearch.com wants to get this information in your hands now so that you can protect your hard-earned investments. Text G-O-L-D to 48542 to learn more. When you text the word GOLD to 48542, we'll send you a secure link to download our IRS loophole report to show you how to start protecting your wealth with precious metals. Don't wait. Text the word GOLD to 48542 now. Wealth Protection Research. Text GOLD to 48542. I represent low-cost airlines, and we know a lot of you are not traveling right now, and we understand. However, if you do need to travel between now and the end of the year, now is a great time to lock in some of the lowest prices we've seen in a lifetime. Hey, in normal times, we can save you up to 75%, but now airlines are practically giving away seats. We have inside deals on over 500 airlines. Here are a few sample round-trip deals we found. Seattle to Vegas, $35. Chicago to Atlanta. $85. Los Angeles to Atlanta, 100 bucks. Of course, there are some limitations, but the airlines want your business right now. And cancellation and change fees are flexible. So fly somewhere this year, book now, save a ton, call right now. 802-341-4535. 802-341-4535. 802-341-4535. 802-341-4535. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to Veterans 
and nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Okay, that's Tim Swartz on Helium, our guest co-host. <laughs> with Greg Lawson, wouldn't be nice one time to do this show, and everybody's on Helium. Of course, we are all in different locations. Tim is back east. I'm in Arizona. You, Greg, you're in New Mexico? I'm in Georgetown, Texas, just north oh, of Austin. You're in Texas, yeah. Um, we can discuss Texas, but not on a full stomach. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm, I have nothing against Texas, okay, folks? All right. Nothing. I have relatives who used to live in Houston. I don't know if they do anymore. So we're not going to go into that. We're trying to figure out what really happened at Roswell. And we're trying to separate the stuff, like Jesse Marcel Jr., for example. He was on the Paracast two or three times. And he seemed like a sincere guy, but we're talking about a guy in his 60s or 70s remembering something that happened to him as a kid. That daddy brought this home. And that itself is illogical. If it was something really, really important, critical, national security, why would this guy even think, dare to take any of it and bring it to his home to show to his son? Well, and, and that's a great question because it doesn't make sense, right? The thing I can say is a lot of times people's behavior does not make sense. And I would think that if I had a child at home and my wife and I found some debris from what I believed was a spaceship, flying saucer or whatever you want to call it, and I was an intelligence officer, and I knew about you know um, chemicals and 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 radiological type stuff. I I don't know whether I would want to expose my family to this. Also, I would probably at that time in 1947. I don't know whether or not uh, they were very conscious of protecting themselves against uh, radioactivity. We know from a lot of the bomb tests that a lot of these guys got exposed and died of that stuff because I don't think they thought it was as serious as what we know it to be today. So contemporarily, we would we would judge him going, oh, my God, what are you doing bringing this stuff home? In 1947, he might not have really thought about the contamination issue. Uh, then you lead into you know the state security, the most important thing going on you know the in the beginning of the cold war would you want to expose your family to some sort of knowledge that maybe the soviets would be looking into or whatever and and it doesn't make a lot of sense but you know if jesse marcel thought it was something so amazing so incredible to take it home and share it with his son and go look i want you to see this this is amazing we can't ever talk about this again this is just between you and me, and it's a special time for, you know, father-son kind of thing. Also, of course, they never thought of the War of the Worlds issue, which is 
Microbes, alien microbes. Never thought about right. that. See, that's the flaw in the novel War of the Worlds from what in the 1890s from H.G. Wells. E.T. comes here. We can't defeat them, but they catch a cold. Now, you think of something here. We have this race of beings advanced enough to go to Earth, prepare a battle plan to take us over, and they never for a second consider the possibility of catching a cold, alien microbes. (laughs) And you think that's a logical fallacy in that book. But today we would know that, and therefore it wouldn't happen today. And if we think about E.T., maybe... That's not an issue because E.T. takes precautions. They care enough. They don't want to infect the local populace or to be infected by the local populace. But, yeah, there are issues about Roswell that kind of don't fit the logical test. That sound more to me like test something. Remember it over 30 years. Then, oh, here's a piece of a spaceship made of thin memory metal, but still thick enough and hard enough to sustain a heavier than aircraft. Right. Yeah. Doesn't seem it, to make sense. Not much of it does, but it, it falls into also all this work done with implants. You know, there's a lot of these guys that run around and say, well, uh, these people that get abducted get these implants and they find these little pieces of metal or whatever inside people's bodies and, and they talk about these alien implants. Well, uh, you know, I was in the Navy between 1990 and 94. And we didn't need to put little implants in enemy aircraft. Uh, we track them in much different ways, probably in ways that are still classified. And if I, in 1991, can look at an aircraft that's flying, and based on the frequency of its engines, uh, the squawk of its radio transmitters, and the speed in which it's traveling, I can actually identify the aircraft number and what country it comes from. Imagine what ET can do. They don't need to put little things in your body. They can just track you based on your own frequency that your body is giving off uh, through your heartbeat, your respiration, and any kind of um, magnetic influences it might have, electrical influences it might have of its uh, environment. So these little implants and stuff are just like, yeah, it's a little uh, 1950s sci-fi there. We're way, way ahead of that. See, See, that's the thing that bothers me also about abductions, which is why would they bring someone aboard a spaceship to do a physical exam? They could do it without really being invasive. I was thinking, for example, Last week, I had a heart monitor. I have some minor heartbeat issues. So they take this little monitor, and the darn thing is about an inch square, about a quarter inch thick, and they take some tape and they stick it to your chest. Now, I could think that E.T. could do something because they're so far advanced, they can come here from another star system, that would be totally non-invasive. Monitor you, get all your health readings without having to do a physical exam. That, to me, is a cultural memory of something. But anyway, we're we're talking about Roswell. And we're trying to figure (laughs) out what really happened. This is that freaking, you know, those rabbit holes. It's like, man, you start doing this stuff, and all of a sudden uh, you're completely consumed by all the theory. 
that's one of the things, though, that that has me questioning the the whole immediate assumption that we may be dealing with, uh, you know, a, a, an extraterrestrial spaceship. Because you have to consider this happened in 1947. Uh, you know, we've been steeped. 2021, we've been steeped in the whole idea of you know life on other planets, you know, flying saucers, could, or UFOs could be extraterrestrial spacecraft. 1947, not so much. I mean, and I know that at the time, if there had been something unusual crash near uh, an Air Force base, the first assumptions I think wouldn't be spaceship from another planet, but something from the Soviet Union or even uh, the Nazis. You know, you're not too far away from the end of, of World War II there. So, I mean, you have these people saying, oh, yeah, you know, immediately, you know, extraterrestrial spacecraft and all that. Well, yeah, you, and you had Operation Paperclip going on, which, uh, you know, when the, the Soviets and uh, the United States went into Germany and split everything up, uh, everybody was fighting over the German technology the Soviets uh, abducted relocated a ton of um, uh, Nazi scientists, and we relocated a ton of Nazi scientists, brought them into the United States and treated them wonderfully, paid them very well to go in and continue their Nazi research here in the United States. So you have all kinds of craziness going on, as the Air Force would say. <laughs> and to, to even track this stuff is just, um, yeah, it's beyond one person's coping capacity, let's put it that way. <laughs> I was waiting there for uh, Tim to say that. Let me just go into it here. Okay. I, I thought maybe your heart monitor. <laughs> I wanted to go into a few things here. Okay, we're going into the memory metal and the visible artifact that may or may not have related to Roswell or the memory of what it really was being heavily disordered by the many years between the time the episode occurred and it was recalled and it became memory metal. Maybe it wasn't memory metal when it really happened, but it became memory metal. So let's just grant that maybe that's what it was. What about the bodies? And the reason I bring that up is that Kevin Randall's latest interpretation, which he did for this book on Roswell in the 21st century, is that People, some people do remember the beings, but he couldn't get a consistent story about it to say whether or not they really saw anything, anyone there in right. connection with the crash. More to come with Greg, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So let's look at that, Greg Lawson. Being seen in connection with Roswell, maybe tiny ETs, who knows. How do we get a clear picture, or can we get, based on what you've seen, a clear picture of what was seen? So if... We're going to discuss that. We're going to have to discuss how memories are made in people's brains. And that's a whole bunch of different theories on a whole bunch of different psychotherapists and and that sort of thing. But in in memory, you have just your regular kind of memory. You have rote memory, stuff that uh, you have to memorize, like your ABCs, your times tables, that sort of stuff. And then you have some episodic memory. Episodic memory is, like for me, I'll give an example. I remember exactly where I was standing when the uh, aircraft struck the Twin Towers. Uh, I remember exactly where I was when the Challenger exploded so there there's episodes in your life that are so profound that you remember everything i remember i was laying there eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and and uh and eating a bowl of chunky chicken uh soup and i know that's disgusting together but you know i was very hungry at that time i was a student and laying on the floor watching tv and and watching the challenger blow up um so these episodic memories are very very powerful memories and that's something that stays with you for a very very long time you would think if there was some alien standing there that that would be an episodic memory and you would be able to recall that very well however we don't know how people process that sort of stuff and and how important and how much recall you do with that when you when you memorize something in rote memory let's say uh, uh, eight times eight If you don't exercise that on a regular basis, 30 years past, you're going to forget what eight times eight is. It just gets 
worn out. It's it's like a a path through a grassy field. If you walk it one time, you really can't tell you were there. If you walk it 70 times, there's a trail there. Same thing with exercise in your brain. And that was something that was really interesting with Professor Moore's interview with the uh, Air Force officers. He says, I need to say here, uh, you need to qualify everything I say with a memory of almost 50 years ago. I will say things that are to the best of my memory. Now, here's a, uh, you know, an older man telling the investigators, hey, uh, I don't remember so well. It's been a long time. You need to slow down. And the Air Force doesn't even get derailed one bit. They follow up with Professor Moore with a 97-word, five-point statement consisting of no less than five combined questions. I'm just sitting there. If I would have been teaching these guys in, in, a, in an interview course and, uh, you know, uh, let's say a read, read technique course or something like that. And I tell them what we, what we're trying to do. We're trying to glean more information and then, you know, let's do a scenario and here you go. They would fail miserably. They would have been kicked out of the course. You know, it's just amazing. So you have to be very, very careful with memory. I, I am not a Roswell expert. I know much about Roswell. Kevin Randall is a Roswell expert, Don Schmidt, Tom Carey, all those other people that I, I, I mentioned. For me, what I am an expert at is gathering information and discerning what information is relevant and what is not. It was a travesty the way that they would uh, just not be deterred by anything and just plow straight through. So when dealing with memory, and as you were saying, uh, it can very, very well be affected by media, social media, stories, you know, lack of exercise of that memory over a 30-year period, all of that. Well, one of the things that the Air Force did in that report is that they had a series of pictures of uh, what was it, like crash test dummies that they uh, used to test out. I think it was like parachutes and the uh, uh, ejection seats on uh, jet aircraft that uh, they said that they had conducted these experiments. It was a number of years after the alleged Roswell incident, but they said that eh, people saw these things and, you know, memory, as you said earlier in the show, tends to uh, kind of compress itself. So people saw these dummies and thought it was associated with uh, the 1947 incident. Right. And, and, once again, many of the things that the Air Force brings forward are, are very plausible. The problem is, is the sequence in which they bring them forward. Most of their interviews, the people that they talk to, they front load uh, a ton of detailed summary of what they want the witness to agree with. Trukowski's one of the, the best as far as uh, what they did with him. They, they sit down with this guy. This is a witness they want to get information from. They want to find out. Or in theory, I should say, I'm using air quotes, in theory, the Air Force should have gone in there and wanted to find out the information that Trukowski knew. But instead, they sit down and say, hey, it was good to meet you. Um, you know what? Uh, we've concluded independently uh, uh, from several other researchers the fact that Mogul is probably responsible for the so-called Roswell incident. The Air Force's uh, position is that it was a misidentified balloon period <laughs> before they even ask him any questions. 
you know, they just go in there and, and just drop that bomb right there. <laughs> and it's, it, it's just, it is so glaring to me. It's, it's, uh, it's borders the ridiculous. Uh, yeah. So any, anything that you say, uh, we're, you know, we're not going to believe because we've right. already come to this conclusion. Yeah. Uh, imagine me sitting down. I'm conducting uh, an investigation uh, uh, of a murder. Um, I, I've arrested this guy. I put him in. He's in jail right now. And I'm going to uh, interview the witnesses to what may have happened. In theory, you're going in there to find out what they saw. Well, that's not what the Air Force did. They went in to tell the witnesses what their conclusion was and that they need to agree with them. That's the uh, approach. You don't go into a witness and go, okay, uh, what we've concluded is that your brother ran in there, took the pistol, shot the two guys uh, before they left the house, uh, and uh, and that's what happened. Okay, so, you know, that that's what happened, right? <laughs> you know? And they, they start off from that point, and it's, yeah, it's just, uh, so that's why I wrote this book and delved off into this huge swamp was, uh, you know, no one has really approached um, a research project toward Roswell in that way. Uh, and I know that I'm going to stir up a whole bunch of uh, uh, criticism out of that, but I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and be like the Air Force and go, oh, well. <laughs> I'll do my gratification smile as I drop the mic and walk off. <laughs> well, better to stir up, uh, better to stir up some uh, uh, criticism than just to be ignored completely. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one of the aspects of the whole uh, alien bodies aspect of Roswell is that uh, it really came a lot later in the whole investigation. Because I mean, you know, I've I've been involved in the UFO field a lot longer than I care to uh, think about. And, you know, early early on, it was just, you know, debris, maybe a crashed, you know, a spaceship and, you know, no, no bodies. But then as time went on, then you start seeing these stories starting to circulate. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, these bodies, for the most part, seem to fit within the more recent um, uh, 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 aspect of how we expect alien bodies to look, you know, little grays with big eyes and all that, when especially in the 1950s, you know, you may have uh, had some of the descriptions as being small, but most of the time they were really more human, maybe with some Asian features, dark skin, but, you know, none of this little grays with big heads and big eyes. Right. The little gray goes to communion from Whitley Strieber. Mm -hmm. That's where... A lot of that originated, not completely, but that's certainly one example. Here's another example of something to listen to. Greg Lawson joins us with Gene Steinberg and Tim Swartz. This means you're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S.com. Folks, looks like food shortages are here and going to stick around. Supply chains are breaking down, and inflation is back with a vengeance. It's all part of the shortage economy. What used to be unthinkable is now in the headlines. Are you ready? Do you currently have a stockpile of emergency food at home? If not, go to MyPatriotSupply.com today, and you'll find an emergency food kit that's right for you and your family. My Patriot Supply is the largest preparedness company in America, serving millions of families like yours. Pick up a three-month food kit that stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. The meals in the kit provide over 2,000 delicious calories a day. That's important when you need to survive. Order from MyPatriotSupply.com and your food will ship fast in unmarked boxes to protect your privacy. Don't wait for permission or more empty store shelves. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com now. MyPatriotSupply.com Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD Family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. That's Shop, S-H-O-P, Super, S-U-P-E-R, T-T-E-A, dot com. So the complete website is ShopSuperTea.com. Or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5, California time. That's ShopSuperTea.com at 818-984-6100. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Greg, it's fair to say that if beings were seen in connection with Roswell, it's also fair to suggest that unless there was something really distinctive and memorable, that the details would have been destroyed over the next few decades. Right. If somebody didn't have a a really serious uh, episodic memory upload, yeah, it could very well have uh, kind of gone by the wayside a little bit. We all see things that are a little bit unusual, and then we just don't really pay too much attention to them, and we move on, and it goes away. We, I've had uh, probably hundreds of um, deja vu type experiences and epiphany type experiences. Like I was talking with somebody the other day uh, about a particular disease that causes vertigo. I hadn't talked about that disease in, I don't know. 15 years, I haven't brought it up or anything like that. And in the next day, I saw a video on it. They discussed it on a radio program, a national radio program, and uh, I opened up a magazine that covered it. How crazy is that? That happened all in a matter of, you know, a 24-hour period after I talked about this. It was just popping up everywhere. It's kind of like that phenomena if... You uh, go and buy a pea green Jeep. You haven't ever seen a pea green Jeep. This is amazing. I love this pea green Jeep. It's incredible. I get in it. I drive down the road and another pea green Jeep passes me. And I see 12 more pea green Jeeps that week. And I've never seen that color before. It's just kind of the way our brain works as far as what we're going to trigger and what we're going to pay attention to. And it can play a lot of uh, tricks on us. We interpret things really I know when I get a new car or buy any car, suddenly I see that car all over the place. Very, very few exceptions. The real exception was the early 70s when I acquired a Mazda RX-2 as one of the early rotary engine vehicles in the U.S. They were very fast. very, very rarely did I see anything that approached that because there weren't that many. Yeah. But anyway, let's just get back to trying to piece together the Roswell story. So we can piece together that something happened. We can piece together that it was probably not a mogul balloon. We can put together that we don't know about the original story of it not being wreckage and that it suddenly became wreckage in the reimagining. The beings allegedly seeing connection with this We don't know, do we? No. No, you know, and Marcel never talked about that. Hot, Blanchard, uh, Irving, anybody, DuBose, anybody that had anything to do directly with it didn't say anything about that. That that came much later. Glenn Dennis, uh, you know, talked about what he saw and what, he was using as uh, uh, other people told him they saw, which would be considered hearsay. And of those other people that told him, he committed at least two intentional lines of deception, 
trying to mask what he considered was trying to protect this person's identity when we find out that, uh, in fact, the whole circumstances behind this person cannot be corroborated and is deemed to be false and untrue. And, you know, people have already criticized me being critical of Glenn Dennis, but I've worked, uh, I worked a murder case where uh, I knew what happened and I knew that these two people were responsible for killing this person. However, I don't know the sequence of events that happened because they told me so many different versions of the story at that point. I have no clue of what really happened. Once again, uh, you know, the, all the, the real evidence, which would be observational evidence and testimonial evidence, you know, disappeared into the ether. And I am only left with the physical thing. So based on testimony, I shrug my shoulders. I go, I don't know what happened, but they killed this person. And that's kind of where the Roswell situation is, is there's all this testimonial evidence. And then you have the people that come in and tell sets of untruthfulness and whether Glenn Dennis was untruthful about everything he said or part of what he said, he was untruthful in some of it. The thing about, I tell people is just because you lie doesn't mean you're a liar. There might be a reason why you lied and it would make sense. So you don't want to completely discount everything that they said. You know, also, I, I assume you have to separate from that unintentional oh yeah. mistakes. Sure. And like, a, let's say you have a paranoid schizophrenic that is known for uh, delusions and hallucinations. They come to you and say that they've been abducted, taken onto a spaceship and perform uh, some sort of experiments and put them back. You have to take into consideration that it was a hallucination and a delusion that this uh, thing happened to them. But that doesn't prove it didn't happen to them. So you just kind of set it on the side. And let it linger over there. And that's kind of what I've done with Glenn Dennis. I, I really like the man. I admire him being a good uh, citizen of Roswell. And But you, you can't keep reforming your, your deception over and over again. Sooner or later, people will then just shrug their shoulders and go, okay, uh, I'm going to write him down as an untruthful person. Uh, and we're we're going to move on. So, so then, how can we put together a real picture of what happened at Roswell? Or can man, if I <laughs> if I could do that, I'd make a whole bunch of money. You know, if, if I could if I could write it down because it's it is so confusing. It's so uh, there's so many different moving parts to it. There's so many people that have vested interest in their determination of what what happened uh that it's it's really difficult to get people to uh, agree on stuff it's it's just like when the air force went in and and you know and was talking to trukowski and uh you know basically just tell him look we have uh looked through literally millions of pages of various archives and repositories Okay, the, their investigation had been had been going about four months when they interviewed General Tchaikovsky, who was um, uh, involved in the Mogul project. A in order to do that, you're going to have to read 110 pages a day, 40,000 pages a year for 25 years to equal one million. 
So these, uh, once again, these Air Force officers that were going in were using, a, you know, manipulative exaggeration uh, to intimidate their witness into agreeing with what they had to say. Why would you go in and say, I've, I've literally called through millions of pages, you know, I'm here, I'm, you know, uh, an officer in, in the uh, Air Force, I'm an investigator, I have all these secret uh, security clearances. Who are you to question what I have to say? I've done millions of pages, which you know that didn't happen. They did not read through millions of pages. You know uh, what? But we're going to read through these pages and get back <laughs> with. No, we're not with Greg, Gene, and Tim. You're in. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. USA Radio News. I'm Brad Bernards. The Washington Post earned U.S. President Joe Biden little sympathy with a piece claiming that the increasing vulgar taunts are on another level compared to the usual insults politicians face. The Post goes deeper than this, detailing the divisive response Biden recently faced when visiting his hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania. The current eruption of anti-Biden signs and chants, the Post piece claims, is far more vulgar and widespread than the heated responses recent presidents such as Donald Trump and Barack Obama have faced. In the wake of California's wildfires, upwards of 10,000 trees weakened by fires, drought, disease, or age must be removed, work that will keep a nearby highway closed to visitors who seek the world's two largest sequoia trees. This is USA Radio News. Barack Obama campaigned for Virginia Democrat gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe on Saturday. Obama attacked Trump supporters as insurrectionists and repeated the same talking points in his 30-minute speech on Saturday. At the insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th, the, the, the biggest threat to our democracy in my lifetime when you don't separate yourselves from them, when you, when you don't think that's a problem, well, you know what? That's a problem. Obama said Trump supporters are the biggest threat to our democracy. U.S. employers reported significant increases in prices and wages, even as economic growth decelerated to a modest to moderate pace in September and early October, the Federal Reserve said on Wednesday in its latest compendium of reports about the economy. 
This is USA Radio News. We are GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. We've got listeners, lots of them. Around the world, around the clock, our listeners do what listeners do. They listen. And you know what listeners got? Needs. Needs for your products, your services, and money to buy those needs. With our network of over 1,000 radio stations, streaming on the web, and our satellite transmissions, we're reaching our listeners with quality conservative programming. But there's something our listeners don't have. Your offer to meet their needs. Any business needs buyers. But if our listeners don't hear your message, they're still going to buy what they need. Just not from your business. So let's fix this. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message for our GCN listeners. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Tim Swartz has been a ghost hunter. He imagines himself to be a ghost. I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen, or I take it from you, depending on your point of view. Greg Lawson, let's just continue with what you're talking about, okay? Okay. Sure. It, it, when you when you are talking to someone who you, it's automatically implied that this person is competent, they're a um, you know a middle or high ranking officer with the Air Force, they have security clearances, they have uh, the credibility, uh, and then they pressure in. This is what we've concluded. And we've concluded this based on going through millions of pages of this stuff. Uh, you need to believe what we say, and you need to agree. And and uh, I'm going to type up a statement for you to sign. And that's what the Air Force did. And they they stayed on track throughout their entire investigation. You read it. They are never derailed away from uh, the mogul balloon hypothesis. And they also hand select all of their witnesses that they interview and do not consider a single person that had a different view or uh, had actually admitted to being there like General DeBose and admitted to saying this was a cover-up. They will even say, no, this wasn't a cover-up. No, you guys are, are being conspiracy theorists. So it wasn't a cover-up. This is just, well, it was a cover-up. Absolutely. I'm going to believe DeBose. So what has been covered up? So an event, an event that happened out in the desert, whether it be a uh, experimental aircraft that crashed, a uh, something having to do with Operation Paperclip, whether it was a mogul balloon, whether it was an ex- extraterrestrial craft, we know that something crashed and that material was taken from that location. Uh, it was shown to uh, Jesse Marcel Jr. It was shown to other people like Sheridan Cavett's wife. They tried to burn it in a barbecue to see if it would burn and it would not burn. Uh, it was taken uh, to the Roswell Army Airfield. Uh, a press release was uh, released for um, recovering a fly, a intact flying disc. The Newspaper turned it into a uh, uh, captured flying saucer. That material was flown to Carswell 
uh, or what was uh, uh, Fort Worth Army Airfield at the time, and brought into General Ramey's office with Colonel DeBose. Uh, Jesse Marcel says that he was taken out of the office to look at some maps. When he came back, the material that he brought was gone, and weather balloon material was there. Irving Newton, the uh, weather officer for the Fort Worth Army Airfield, came in and identified it as a weather balloon, and James Bond Johnson came in from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram and took pictures of it, and it was released there's some some speculation. Uh, Ramey said, well, this is the end of it. Uh, we're not sending this on to Wright-Pat. But I absolutely believe, based on some other testimony that I didn't cover in this part of it, the book, that material was sent to Wright-Pat for sure. And uh, it may have been uh, routed through D.C. so that General McMullen could see it also. But there's no doubt in my mind that that material uh, ended up at Wright-Pat. Okay, so now the question here is, how much material was there? If it's enough to encompass a large flying craft, it has to be humongously heavy. Unless, of course, right. E.T., you can just pick it up as light as a feather, I don't know. But transporting it wouldn't be super easy, or could it be done without drawing attention to itself? Well, according to... The Air Force would use air quotes and say popular myth. But according to uh, uh, Air Force documents also, uh, material like that was transported in some of the bomber uh, aircraft that they had at the 509th, which there's a difference between a bomber aircraft and a cargo aircraft. A bomber aircraft has a much more specific uh, shaped spaces uh, in which you can store things to transport it, and it would be much less than what what a you know a cargo transport aircraft would be. So that lends me to deduce that uh, these were parts, not a a whole craft, uh, and they were probably put in boxes and transported in that way. And as far as the weight goes. Uh, we can debate, uh, you know, what type of material it was used. Uh, aircraft material is very, very light. Uh, it can be thin, so you would um, deduce also that a spaceship that's flying through an area that's devoid of objects or whatever could be very, very light, almost balloon-like. We have theories of uh, if we're going to go someplace, we could uh, shoot a rocket up in the uh, up in space and actually have it filled with a balloon, and that balloon would then inflate and create the aircraft that we're going to be in, and we would tra- be transported in that way to have a much larger area, and you could do whatever it is that you're going to do in those spaces. So that would, that would be very light. And when, when we're talking about memory metal, you can look at some of the stuff that they're working on now uh, at the molecular level where it would be very similar to magnets where each little molecule would automatically attach to another molecule. And based on their design, you, you throw this mix of things together and it would make a sheet of paper. It knows to form itself into a sheet of paper, not cognitively, but through design, uh, everything falls into place and boom, all of a sudden you have this little sheet of paper. Okay, but Uh, what about the internal workings, the propulsion mechanism? Right. And uh, the propulsion mechanism, uh, when you when you go down the sci-fi area, that doesn't mean that we need fuel to push it someplace. It needs uh, some sort of influence, some sort of energy that's going to manipulate either 
for instance, and I'm being very rudimentary about this, but let's say uh, if there was some way that you could create like magnetism where you would repel. So you would uh, be in your spaceship and you would want to repel yourself away from Earth. We turn this thing on, whatever that is, and it would go. And we know today that, you know, just from touch screens on our 2015 computer I have in front of me right now, it's a touch screen. So I don't need any buttons or anything. I don't need this mechanical stuff. So you would assume that, you know, far in the future, if you're very advanced, that, uh, you wouldn't need any actual physical thing. It could be nothing more than, uh, you know, electrons or whatever. You're manipulating light. That light is going to obviously have to come from somewhere. I'm thinking in terms here of the mechanism by which it moves, not right. by which you control who knows? It could be a thousand, two thousand years ahead of us. And it all could be light as a feather. How do we know? But again, we come back to that thing again. What was it? Is there any way, even if all the testimony that you accept is accurately represented in terms of the ability of somebody to remember, if imperfectly, what happened, how do we determine what was really there? Right. And that's something that... um uh, I'm sorry to go down this rabbit hole, but I'm going to throw it out there, even in your memories. So your eyes are not the windows to the soul. When you're, when you're looking, your eyes are not taking in light and shining like on a movie screen, and you're seeing that at all. Your eyes are nothing more than rone, uh, you know, uh, cones and rods that are picking up the electromagnetic spectrum that we can see. And there's a whole bunch of that spectrum that we cannot see that's all around us all the time. But we're evolved in a way that we just pick up what is important to us. And it's transported to the back of our brain through uh, uh, electrical responses and chemical responses. And it is formed in a way that we recreate what we think we see. And that's the environment in which we navigate our world. So when something happens and we think we see something, that's actually a recreation of what we believe it to be, not what it actually is. What this actually is will be determined. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Greg, Gene, Tim, you're in. And a paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out 
theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses. Your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nanocolloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. For over 20 years, Extendivite has been helping people. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. Glad I found this product. I am 51 years old and started getting headaches a couple of times a week. I went to the doctor and my blood pressure was a little high at around 150 over 95. I found out about Extendivite and I ordered some to try it. Immediately, I felt better and it lowered my blood pressure and my headaches went away almost instant. I have been taking it now for about four months, and I am so glad I found this product. You won't be disappointed. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Greg Lawson joins us. Roswell, the after action report, where he looks at the Roswell testimony and tries to to determine what's credible and what isn't, and maybe give us a vague clue as to what really occurred in 1947 near Roswell, New Mexico in one or more than one place. Whether it's a spaceship, a test aircraft, how will we determine that? But certainly, if it is something exotic that isn't ours, it still has to be somewhere, right? 
Yep. They have to store it somewhere. In theory, if it was just a weather balloon, obviously it just went in the garbage. If it was a mogul balloon uh, with material with it, because they talk about, uh, Sheridan Cavett talks about a black box that uh, no one seems to ask any more questions about, even that would probably have gone to Wright Pat and would be at Wright Pat at this point or in a some sort of storage facility. I don't know whether they would have thrown it away or not. But if it was anything significant, if it was anything else, they have it somewhere. Makes me always think of the ending of the first Indiana Jones movie where they take the Ark of the Covenant and seal it in a wooden box and then take it into some vast warehouse. Makes me think that that's where any debris from whatever crash at Roswell is. Yes, to never be seen again. Never to be seen again. That's right. And forgotten as well. Yeah. It goes back to, you know, the the Roswell report, you know, with the snarky Air Force personnel. They were given, you know, like, okay, here's here's the information that we have. Make a story about it. That's all you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Everybody's forgotten. At this point, there are some kids that are still alive that don't want to have anything to do with this stuff. Everybody that has direct firsthand knowledge is gone. So we're just left with the mystery to debate, you know, whether or not uh, any of this is going to come out in the future. And that's the thing about writing a book about Roswell, opening yourself up to incredible criticism because people can be very, very vicious about (laughs) Roswell. The only person that has uh, anything to lose is me on this, you know, because I'm sitting back writing this and you open yourself up to all all kinds of uh, derision and criticism. In the Roswell situation, there's only two things that could happen. One, there is a spaceship and there is disclosure, which then will disprove and make everybody that was a debunker wrong. So they're the only ones that can ever be proved wrong. You're never going to be able to prove the true believers wrong because the spaceship could still be out there. The aliens could still be out there. We just don't know where they are, what they're doing, and whether we're ever going to see them. But they're the only ones that can win out of this deal is the true believers uh, of the spacecraft. And for me, I am just sitting in my home with my fingers crossed, hoping that this was a spacecraft and that uh, this was a diversion and the actual spacecraft was recovered at a different site, which is implied by many investigators. And that craft was transported to Wright Pat and it's there or someplace like that now. And they're still doing experiments on it. That's what I'm hoping. But the Air Force has made that really, really hard to follow. Well, we have this Pentagon UAP task force that attends, at least in its initial report, that all this started in 2004 with the naval tic-tac sightings. It doesn't pay attention to previous events. On the other hand, the people involved in that, wouldn't they be brought in to know what happened in the past? Not just anecdotal reports, but any physical evidence that was acquired because that would change everything they've worked on. Right. Depending on what program it is, everybody's very, very uh, uh, protective of their own little cubicle that they're in. Most of the times, people do not like to share information, even in local law enforcement. It's amazing 
how you're doing a big drug ops and local law enforcement, all of a sudden, you know, you got everything in place and you roll on the location, you surround the location, you uh, try to make contact, nobody will respond. You go into it and every piece of furniture, every photograph, every utensil is gone out of that house. Overnight, it's like it just disappeared. It's like how in the world did these people find out we were serving a search warrant on their house? That's at that level. Imagine what it's like at the Pentagon level, how protective everybody is of their own little bailiwick, their own little cubicle, their own specialty. They don't want to share any of this with anybody else in fear of they will take over their project, they'll lose their funding, they'll use their information for their own benefit, that sort of stuff. Everybody's very, very protective. So it's going to take something really, really special for disclosure to happen. Well, you see, that's almost like what you see in the procedurals where the local police are visited by the FBI. Oh, they're here again. They're interfering in our case. Oh, yeah. Or it's NCIS and someone's coming in from the CIA, DEA or somewhere. Oh, they're going to screw up our case, get them out of here. And there's always that interaction where you have the officers from each agency talking with one another. And sometimes they never work together. Other times they become friendly or frenemies where they work together, but they don't (laughs) really like each other. There's always that kind of interaction And you're telling me kind of, sort of, that's genuine. There is that sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. It's overwhelming, actually. There's not just a little bit of it. There's a lot. So in a situation like this, the Air Force or what was the Army Air Force is involved in the Roswell investigation. Now the Navy's in there, but they don't want to deal with the Navy. They're not going to tell them anything. And that's why the Air Force plays such a low level or almost non-existent role in the Pentagon UAP task force, because it is based on what the Navy has done. Correct. But that would mean that one agency of the government could have guilty knowledge of something extraordinary, extraordinary event that happened almost 75 years ago, but it's not shared with anyone else. But even if they were to recover any knowledge from reverse engineering a spaceship, At this point, we'd see something. We'd see some development. I don't mean night vision goggles and all the nonsense from Philip Corso. Right. Yeah, it's funny. I was, uh, I've been on a couple of different shows. I got uh, tuned up a little bit on uh, (laughs) my criticism of Corso. And don't get me wrong, I love Corso. I love Corso's book. It's awesome. It was a tragedy that uh, he died so shortly after he released that book, and we never really got to really talk to him about it. Just a lot of his stuff is uh, the timelines don't line up and and that sort of thing. But it it, it was fascinating. You know, it's a fascinating read. If those of you who are listening haven't read Corso's book, read it. It's it's a fun book. It's an amazing book. We'll get into Um, that. And after the Paracast, where Greg's going to stick with us because we roped him in. But for this segment here, tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you do, where do they go? All right. You can find me at theparanormaldetective.com. I have a YouTube channel also. All my books, you can find it on my uh, website or even better, uh, go to Amazon and look up Roswell, the After Action Report. And it's right there. And some of my other books are, are listed with them. Tim, tell us where we can find your stuff. 
Yep. Well, uh, like Greg, all of my books can be found on Amazon.com. My website is ConspiracyJournal.com. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. You can find us on Facebook. By the way, Richard Dolan has this YouTube video out now where he attacks Twitter and Facebook rather severely, if you want to check that out. In any case, you can also buy branded merchandise for the Paracast at theparacast.shop or lots of fascinating merchandise with all the logos. You can also sign up for the Paracast Plus where you get a version of this show free of the network ads, better quality audio, higher bit rate, and the After the Paracast podcast where we continue interviews that started with this show or have separate interviews. So Greg's going to hang with us because we have more questions of him and we're not going to let him leave. So there. Okay. We're also offering a special deal for a five-year or a lifetime subscription to the Paracast Plus. Use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, and you get a 20% discount. How about that? Apples. Theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. And for the Paracast, thank you so much for joining us. Greg Lawson, the Paranormal Detective. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on, giving me this opportunity. It's great talking with you. Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.